person one loves person two guess what shenanigans ensue person one hates person two guess what still shenanigans ensue person one fake dates person two guess what you guessed it shenanigans ensue co-host one reports a co-host two the name of the show shenanigans ensue Hello, I'm Jasmine. And I'm Jane, and welcome to Shenanigans and Sue. A podcast where the spray paint is for painting, not huffing. You don't want to get good at that. <laughs> I love that teacher so much. Teacher has no chores, <laughs> so funny. Each episode, we'll watch a rom-com and discuss its merits as a member of the rom-com genre. We'll cover well-worn classics, hidden gems, and everything in between. We'll give you our unsolicited opinion on every trope, caper, and flim-flam the film used or maybe abused. And of course, the The shenanigans! Shenanigans! Happy, happy Pride Month, everybody. Yes, happy Pride Month. And in honor of Pride Month, we really wanted to give you a LGBTQ rom-com. Yes, so we went looking, we were given recommendations, and then we couldn't do any of them because they weren't available in both of our countries. Yes, this was a frustration. Yeah, a real conundrum. Fire Island couldn't do it. Mm-mm. Rose couldn't do it. Jeffrey couldn't do it. Imagine Me and You couldn't do it. No Hiding Here couldn't do it. So many movies and none of them available in both America and South Africa. Yes. Wild. Which is such a pity. The only two movies that we could find for both of us to watch were both Christmas movies. Yeah. And we want to wait until the holiday season to cover those. So we are doing a slightly different episode this week in that this isn't a true rom-com, but we hope that you guys will forgive us because we really wanted to pick something LGBTQIA for this month. So in that spirit, we've chosen Love, Simon. Yes. And what a lovely movie. So lovely. All the warm fuzzies. Like Jasmine said, it's not a true rom-com, but there's still plenty of rom-com tropes and plenty of shenanigans, Yeah, given that it's more of a coming-of-age story. So it's still a lot of fun, and we still have plenty to discuss. Yes. And if any VPNs would like to sponsor us so we don't have this problem in the future anymore, (laughs) we will give you such... Incredible ads. Amazing ads. Because this is so annoying. There's so many movies that we want to watch and we can't. It keeps happening. We haven't spoken about it on mic before because we always try to come up with some sort of solution. We always find something. Yeah, but this time it really got to us. So, any VPN companies out there, I promise we'll even write a jingle. We'll do the most. (laughs) I will. I will. I'll put something on my ukulele. I'll give you a little jingle. It'll be great because we need to be able to watch Fire Island. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So now that we got that out of the way, please sponsor us. Let's give you a plot synopsis. (laughs) Yes. High school senior Simon has the perfect life, except he has a secret. No one knows he is gay. His world gets turned upside down when a classmate anonymously comes out online and they start a secret relationship by exchanging emails. Shenanigans ensue. It's a light shenanigans ensue, but there's still plenty of shenanigans. Yes. It's a very gentle shenanigans. It's more like teenage hijinks. Uh, 
teenage miscommunications ensue. Oh, goodness, yes. Do they ever. (laughs) (laughs) And then just adult shenanigans ensuing because the adults in this movie are doing the most in the most wonderful way most of the time. I am obsessed with every single teacher and faculty member at this school. Wowie wow. (laughs) truly love them they're so good i mean who doesn't love tony hale and natasha rothwell they were giving it was fantastic seriously every moment a treasure loved it (laughs) let us get into those tropes those rom-com tropes that appear in this coming of age story yeah so we do have some great tropes such as Forbidden love. Mm-hmm. We have pen pals to lovers, a la You've Got Mail or Cinderella Story. We have a hidden identity. Yes. A love triangle Ooh. or a love hectagon. I don't know. It's very complicated. It's a mess is essentially <laughs> what it is. <laughs> it's a love spiral. It's a love web. Something. <laughs> We've also got a slow burn. A, honestly, kind of a couple of grand romantic gestures, one Mm. of them failing spectacularly, causing the final act of the film. Mm -hmm. We also have a grand romantic public written declaration. Yep. Finally, I felt like this was a trope and we couldn't find a name for it. So we're calling it the meet me at the thing at the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's most definitely a trope. The most well-known one being the classic meet me at the Brooklyn Bridge thing. And it's totally a trope. Totally. Since we couldn't find a name to it, we fully Googled. We got to coin it. Yeah. (laughs) Meet me at the thing at the time. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So, first off, what a darn cute movie this is. It's adorable and executed so well. I've seen plenty of of coming-of-age stories, and a lot Mm. of them are fine. They're always very dramatic. This one was so fun. Yeah. And what I really liked about this one as well is that the high school students felt like high school students yeah sometimes with these coming of age stories the students can feel like these talking heads for adults yeah you know and like come across as super pretentious and grown up in weird ways they're still total goofballs and like trying to figure out where they fit like that's just what it needs to be yeah and a messy af messy 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 super (laughs) messy We're looking at it as an adult sometimes. You're just like, oh, was I ever like this? Some of this could have been avoided with just communication. Yeah. And the familiarity of the angst. I can't. And the turmoil and how important things felt. So that comes across really well. That turmoil was so good, honestly. Yes. Nowadays, if I get into a fight with a friend and we don't talk for like four days, I've like got a bunch of shit on my plate. I'm not too pressed. But (laughs) when he has the part where he's ostracized himself and no one's talking to him and he has to eat lunch by himself, I was like, no, oh my God, loneliness. Stress. Somebody save him. Oh, he's not okay. (laughs) 
But as an adult, I'm perfectly fine. I'm happy to dine alone, go to the movies by myself. Like, it's not much of an issue. It's not that serious. <laughs> yeah. But they captured the tension yes. and sadness and loneliness and isolation so well that Definitely. I felt extremely anxious for him. I was like, wow, this is well done. I related. <laughs> I was like, this is brutal. This is awful. The worst. <laughs> they did it really, really, really well. I feel like even just the weird messiness of the love triangle, right? Mm-hmm. If we talk about one of the tropes, he's being blackmailed Ugh. by this truly awful student. Awful. And the whole kind of crux of the film is him helping out the awful student so that the awful student doesn't out him. Yeah. Now as an adult, like, of course, this would never work. I would just tell everybody what's going on. But... In the context of this kid, and he hasn't even had his opportunity to tell anybody yet, like all of these different things compound and it becomes very obvious why he would do such a terrible, hurtful thing, such a manipulative thing. But his friends end up forgiving him. He does have a declaration of actual remorse. So his friends come around. Yeah. You really do get all of these things that are so quintessentially teen. For sure. (laughs) This spirals out of control so quickly because Martin has a crush on one of Simon's friends, Leah, but Leah has feelings for their other friends named Nick. And Nick has feelings back. It's a whole messy, messy web. And so Simon gets in the way of the relationship possibly forming because Martin's blackmailing and he keeps insisting that if Simon doesn't help that he's going to out him. And so everything gets worse and worse and worse until everyone realizes that he manipulated his best friends to keep them apart. Mm. All in the interest of protecting himself and all to no avail. Martin outs him anyway. Exactly. And in the most awful way. Oh God, it's so truly awful. Horrific. I can't even imagine a world where someone would take away someone else's coming out story. Like, it's truly horrific. Yeah. But they give Simon a beautiful moment at the end in the Mm -hmm. public declaration. He says, as everyone knows, unless you've been living under a rock, I'm gay, and then declares his feelings for blue, which leads in really beautifully to the meet me at the place at the time yeah at the end at the ferris wheel so it's tied up really nicely but yeah stress getting there their relationship starts when blue anonymously posts on the school's confession board that they are a student at the school that they have a secret they're gay and they feel like they're on a ferris wheel going up and down and around and around Mm. simon pens a nickname jacques emails with blue and eventually at the end says you know where i'll be and so he uses a bunch of tickets at the fair in town to just stay on the ferris wheel for a little while and hope that blue comes and he does he does eventually it doesn't look like it's gonna happen in the 11th hour yes it's so good it's a very satisfying ending it really is i can't this whole movie was so stinking cute so sweet especially when it's revealed that blue is one of the characters that we introduced to very early on so what the movie does now talking about one of the other tropes with a slow burn, every time Simon has, shall we say, a charged interaction yeah. with a guy his age, 
he sort of picks up on something that was in one of Blue's messages. And he starts to fantasize about this being Blue and yes. how it fits in. And then you start to hear the fantasy voiceover in this character's voice. Yes. It's very cute. <laughs> it's very charming. And it's revealed that Blue is actually one of those characters that Simon had fantasized about potentially being Blue. And then dismissed. Yes. Because he writes them off for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. They all have a reason why, oh, it can't be this person. So cute. And this is about the Oreos. Oh, yeah. Gosh, the Oreos. <laughs> this is lightly touching into shenanigans, but Oreos are used as a plot device to forward time, which is just really funny. It really does. <laughs> Listen, for people who aren't familiar in other countries, Oreos in America, there's regular Oreos and then there's seasonal Oreos. And so mm. we literally move through time based on which Oreo we're currently at. I loved it. Which is just insane. <laughs> I don't know why there's so many Oreos. It was such a random thing to do, but it was so great. And it made me think of, shout out to my former roommate, Jen, who was obsessed, or probably still is, with the different holiday Oreos. And so we definitely, in our apartment, had the Halloween Oreos, had the holiday Oreos. Christmas. Great. I think they have peppermint in those. And then there's, ugh, peep ones. Ugh. Peeps. Ugh. <laughs> Peeps and, and I don't even even know maybe there's valentine's ones they're probably just regular oreos but they're pink there's red ones as well yeah oh so great <laughs> anyway sorry about that tangent all this to say so many oreos so many oreos and that's how blue is identified a mundane object as a plot device is so funny it's so great i wonder if they did a brand deal as well because this is prominent i hope so <laughs> Get that coin. So good. I want to talk a little bit about that grand romantic gesture failing. Oh, man, alive. And maybe we should even go a little more in depth on this love triangle. Oof. Okay, let's let's hit the failed grand romantic gesture because the lesson with this is context and consent is key mm-hmm. for such things to be executed in a way that's well received because my goodness. And just to like build it up a little bit, at this point in the film, the evil Martin has <laughs> actually had some success e- evil with Leah. <laughs> yeah. And so Leah no longer hates him. She's certainly not interested, but she doesn't hate him. She finds him actually quite funny in his own way. Mm. Whatever. Yeah. So he has this bizarre, unearned confidence Mm -hmm. around being able to pursue her, which spurs him to this grand romantic gesture at the football game. My soul left my body. Yeah, I knew it was coming. It was awful. It's so bad. Yeah. But essentially, Martin, who is dressed up as the school's mascot currently, mm-hmm. <laughs> runs through the field in the middle of the national anthem, Ugh. grabs the mic out of the singer's hand. <sighs> Already so bad. The principal even says, oh, so we're just doing this in the middle of the anthem or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Which excellent delivery by Tony Hale, by the way. We love Tony Hale. <laughs> Tony, Tone, we love you. Goodness. <laughs> Eating it up in this movie. But back to this failed romantic gesture. So Martin's up there with the mic and says, paraphrasing, <laughs> Leah, I've only known you for six months and yet I feel like you've been in my heart forever <laughs> and I just gotta know girl will you go out with me in front of everybody in the stands why everyone holds their breath 
need this have to be public. And Leah, being such a gracious doll, mm-hmm. walks down the steps to get closer to him so she's not yelling in front of the crowd and very gently, mm-hmm. gently, gently says, I think you're so funny and I'm really glad we're friends. I, I want to stay friends. And as soon as she drops it, Martin's friend starts releasing the doves because mm-hmm. he had gotten a bunch of damn doves. To what end? For what purpose? <laughs> Martin, my guy, I thought he was supposed to be kind of smart. Maybe IQ and not EQ. Oh, yeah. And he runs off. He's very embarrassed. The students at the school do what students do, Mm -hmm. which is gossip and tease and make fun of him. He becomes a viral online sensation. Yeah. Until he decides to be a total dick. Yeah. And to get the attention of him, shares Simon's secret. Desperate, sociopathic attempt (laughs) to get the pressure and attention off of him. He shares the email screenshots he took yeah. outing Simon to the entire student body. is truly awful. Honestly, like, <sighs> such a psychotic, grotesque gesture. I, you cannot ever come back from that. Like, no. he is literally just a trash person who deserves only bad things. Like, that's such a terrible thing to do to someone. It was truly horrific. <sighs> I would really like to shout out Logan Miller, who portrays Martin, because Logan my guy you did such an excellent job such a good job i had to remember that this is a person portraying this character and yeah that you're not like this that this is not who you are it didn't feel like an evil villain twirling his mustache no he felt like a real embodied student you know he apologizes uselessly at the end Mm -hmm. but he does come across as remorseful it comes across as all of these things were done out of desperation that he really is socially inept and misguided misguided and wanting to fit in yeah you know which we can all relate to but like oh god what a horrific thing to have to like act through very impressively done very believable felt like a real person yeah and it was like very traumatic and i really (laughs) despised him so props truly (laughs) truly despised him which is so hard to do and not have it be like a comical james bond villain situation definitely i guess you know that's a majority of the tropes right now because it is in a true rom-com so i'm happy to mosey on over to the shenanigans mosey on up (laughs) (laughs) so many shenanigans oh goodness shall we start with the wtf is going on with cabaret being the high school play yeah what the what i wrote why are they doing cabaret how will this work their children are they cutting two ladies what's, how what's happening how? who approved this how did this get past the board did anyone read the script i don't know what is going on between your women being nightclub dancers and sex workers in nazi germany and the men who frequent the bar <laughs> having nazi armbands like how did you think <laughs> why did you choose this oh, no. oh goodness I mean, I remember my high school drama teacher because a lot of the students were asking if we could do Greece and my high school drama teacher was like, absolutely not. I will never do that play with high school students. It's just, no. It's not appropriate. It's not appropriate. We do it with high school students all the time, but it's so sketch. Yes. 
And cabaret's so much worse. (laughs) Exactly, that's what I was going to say. Grease seems like la 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 compared to the subject matter of cabaret. I cannot believe they approved this. (laughs) But then you look at the drama teacher and it's like, this kind of makes more sense. Mrs. Albright, played by Natasha Rothwell. We love you. You're incredible. She's so funny. Uh, Amazing. She's so good. She was chewing all that scenery. Mm-hmm. Every single moment she was on that screen, she's stealing the show. Making a meal out of it. You better work. And we love to see it. Can I just say, I know I'm like going off topic a little bit, but Mrs. Albright, with her incredible takedown of the shitty jocks at the end, yes. was literally poetry. This woman. Iconic. So to give some context, two shitty boys in the school decide to come into the cafeteria dressed as Simon and Ethan, who is the only out gay kid at the time. And they come dressed as these two boys and they are just being really gross and horrific. Yeah, it was just miming a bunch of stuff about them being together since no one else has come out yet. It's just grotesque what they do. It's awful. One of them is in a wig because Ethan... Ethan has long hair. Mm. They're air humping each other. Simon goes to shut it down. Yes, I forgot about that. And before he can even do it, Miss Albright shows up and says, I got it from here. And she (laughs) rips them a new one. She rips them so hard. The students say to her, you can't talk to us like that. (laughs) She just responds, oh yeah, because I did. I just did. She's like, you're going to grow up and realize this was a mistake as you grow into the media mediocre, useless people that you're meant to become. And I was like, oh my god. It's savage. I have never seen a takedown so... I, I don't even have the words for this takedown, but they are ripped to shreds. They'll never recover. No. And honestly... They deserved it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she sends them to the principal's office. <laughs> and the principal, played by the illustrious Tony Hale, Tony. is a shenanigan of himself. <laughs> when I see him in my mind's eye, I can't help but start laughing thinking about scenes of his. I just... Because <laughs> it's so good. He's so great. Speaking of like when these boys are in the principal's office and Tony is saying now apologize to Simon and his boyfriend Ethan or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. And they both say, no, 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 we're not together. Tony Hill's character is like, oh, yeah, keeping it casual. I can dig. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down all over the place, like the TMI principal Mm -hmm. talking about dates he's going to go on with students and then following up with how bad the date went. (laughs) Get out of here. This is so funny. TMI. TMI. (laughs) And then he tells Simon, oh, I see a lot of me and you. And Simon's like, I don't think you know what you're saying. (laughs) And then when Simon is horrifically outed the next day, Hale has a pride pin on his lapel, which is so sweet. He put on a little pride flag on his lapel he doesn't say anything yeah. to Simon he doesn't make it worse he just has it and is like hello good morning it's very cute the teachers don't know what a healthy boundary is not at all but they're very supportive very well intentioned <laughs> 
that's fine. I would rather have that kind of teacher than one that's apathetic, yeah. you know? Yeah, one that's checked out. I cannot. <laughs> and then I guess we would be remiss in not also mentioning the other adults with a significant place in this film. Mm-hmm. Simon's parents. Oh, so cute. Honestly, they're so adorable. And I feel like they executed the, quote, cool parents really well. Yeah. Because they are, quote, cool but they also are kind of messy and we see them as full human beings who have flaws and don't necessarily navigate everything smoothly. Yeah. And, you know, people say the term cool parents and I feel like often it gets really misconstrued as mm-hmm. parents who are trying to be friends or parents that like facilitate children doing things that only adults are supposed to do you know things like that but like simon gets back from the halloween party he's totally (laughs) wasted love this scene leah is dragging him in and instead of letting them go upstairs the parents are like hey come over here how was the party talk to us and they can clearly tell like immediately he is wasted yeah they don't say anything they don't out him I guess that's the wrong phrasing for this. But <laughs> they don't call him out. They don't give Leah a hard time. No. They just say, okay, well, uh, good night, kiddos. We'll see you in the morning. And they go upstairs. And once the kids are upstairs, <laughs> I wrote it down because it was so cute. They were just like, oh, my God, he's totally drunk. He's totally wasted. And the dad says, should we do something about this? Should we talk to him? And the mom simply says, he didn't drive drunk. Yeah. And he's home before curfew. <laughs> And the dad's like, yeah, yeah, we're good parents. We did pretty good. Like, I think it's fine. And they just leave it. Amazing. I mean, honestly, that's not a bad way to handle it. No, not at all. It's about like allowing your kids to explore boundaries in a way that's safe. Yeah. So they're fine with it. He did the right thing. They walked themselves home mm-hmm. and he didn't try to do it by himself. And he didn't break curfew. What more can you ask for? <laughs> honestly. Oh, the parents are so sweet. The amount of times I wrote down... Dad, stop. Dad, dad. But in a really fun way. In various tones. (laughs) Yes. The movie starts off with like a dad, stop, dad. Oh, no, you're embarrassing me. And then it moves into like, dad, no, 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 dad, you don't understand what you're saying. Your son hasn't come out yet. Oh, no, dad, dad, stop. And then it moves into dad, stop, dad, you're in the summit. Dad, no. And then it cycles right the fuck back to the beginning when dad offers to help Simon make a grinder page. So not knowing exactly what it is. Nope. Does not understand what that means. And he's like, I don't think you know what that is, Dad. No, please stop. It's so good. It's very, very <laughs> endearing. And then the mom being a psychologist and just mm. like low-key supportive. But also like being super shady too. Yeah. Saying to her kids, Yeah, if you were my patients, you'd be a lot more adjusted. <laughs> <laughs> So good. That family dynamic was established so quickly. Mm. And it was so good. Yeah, it was really lovely. Very impressed. Even the little sister being a total sweetheart. Being super into her culinary art. She wants to be a chef. She cooks a bunch of stuff. Some of them more successful than others. 
I mean, me too, girl. No worries. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, her showing up when the post gets leaked mm. and she goes to check in on her brother and he snaps at her. He does. Yeah. But she tried. Mm. It's so nice. She's such a doll. Why is this family so supportive? It's very cute. But they still feel like a real family. You know, the kids still get embarrassed by the parents. And yeah. The parents tease the children and they have their fights. Oh my god, the mom saying that the kids are sexually repressed because they won't watch a movie that has sex in it is honestly so damn funny. <laughs> Their dynamic is so good. And the dad saying to the mom, you can give me something later that you can't get in a store. Yeah, for the present exchange. And the kids are both like, gross, we right here. So good. I think I want to talk about how Simon reveals to Blue how he realized he was gay because I think the sequence for that is super fun oh great because that's the one i wanted to talk about next too oh really okay that's fantastic so then we'll just do that i guess great it's so good i only wrote one down so you can do it because i only wrote the one that i thought was the funniest but you can like go over the steps i wrote all three down because i thought they were really funny so he starts off by realizing his first awakening was he had a poster of daniel radcliffe yes in harry potter and felt something while looking at it yeah that's the one that i wrote down i thought so because it's the one dream about daniel radcliffe over and over again and i wrote underneath it me too girl <laughs> 100%. So we had Daniel Radcliffe and then we had the lead singer of Panic at the Disco. Right. So we see a young Simon watching music videos with Leia and feeling some type of way about it. And then the third one was when he was at a dance and his first girlfriend told him that she loved him and he ran to the toilet to call his mum to say that there were kids drinking alcohol so that he could get picked up he's like i gotta go i gotta go please (laughs) which the payoff for that was also very fun because then when he does get outed and he's walking through the lunchroom to find a place to sit Mm -hmm. she ambushes him oh yes and gets in his face and she's like did you date me because i look like a man and he's like no i broke up with you because you don't and she's very relieved and like okay thank you that's so nice to say it was very quintessentially teenager and i really appreciated it it was fantastic i'm glad they paid that off yeah that was a good payoff yeah so that was a super fun sequence as was the sequence of simon expressing to blue one of the reasons he hasn't come out is that he feels it's really unfair and ridiculous that straight people don't have to come out and it's something that gay people quote have to do honestly fair yeah agreed and that leads into a very fun sequence of him imagining all his friends coming out to their parents as straight (laughs) it's very good and how (laughs) they respond abby's (laughs) pretend dream sequence mom starts sobbing it's so funny It was great. Every single time we went over to a new kid from the friend group having to come at us straight, I was like, you know, honestly, fair point. Mm. We make a lot of assumptions. True. And like you have to correct people Mm -hmm. when their assumptions are wrong, not necessarily like the other way around. That sucks. Mm -hmm. It does. 
important. Yeah. It's a privilege that some people don't realize that they even have. That's just so unfair. Mm. Like 16-year-olds are a hot mess of hormones already. It's already so difficult. They're so socially awkward. Mm. I put my foot in my mouth about 20 times a day when I was that age. Yeah. And now I have to have some sort of adult conversation Mm. with people in my life. Yeah. No way, dude. And you don't know how they're going to respond. Right? You don't know if they're going to perhaps reject you or hurt you on top of just having to do this in the first place yeah i feel like they set us up so we knew his parents were only going to be supportive yeah but plenty of people try to have this conversation Mm. and the result is violent like this is a dangerous scary Mm. thing to do yeah people in that situation where they don't know what the outcome is going to be are forced to either do the thing and live their life as truthfully as they can in that moment or face possibly terrible consequences yeah and like maybe they just keep hiding Mm. because the consequences are too scary like this is a terrible thing we make people go through and that's on the one hand and then on the other side of that spectrum is like i don't know what a lass is in english but just the having to go and do this with every single person that you know or like Mm -hmm. who feels entitled to know about it like just the burden of having to do that and managing people's emotions yeah such an exhausting thing to do as well it's insane that the messenger needs to manage the emotions of the people being told when they're literally trying to just manage their own Mm. what a ridiculous ask yeah (laughs) so i'm very glad for that sequence that they did yeah it's a beautiful sequence it is so was there anything else that you wanted to touch on with shenanigans Oh, just like a fun little send off before we go. I wanted to maybe bring up the first time when Simon finally tells someone he tells Abby. Which was a beautiful coming out scene. Yeah. And the sequence at the football game before the grand romantic gesture, she ends up being at the football game with him and she points to one of the football players (laughs) and says like, so what do you think about that guy looking fine over there in his hot pants? And she's like, we can practice talking about guys like that. We can do that now. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah, look, he looks fine. And she's like, no, he looks fine. Fine. It's very, very cute. Yes. It's very cute. <laughs> Trying to get comfortable with it all. So sweet. Because first she just leads in and Abby's so excited. She's like, oh my goodness, now that I know, we can totally talk about cute guys together. And he's clearly not very comfortable yet to do that, obviously. Yeah. So it's really sweet that she's so supportive and encouraging him to practice. Yeah, giving him a space to do that if he wants. Yeah. <laughs> They're cute. It's like you have to turn fine into a two-syllable word. It can't just be a one-syllable word, yeah? Or there's like magically an O in there now. Foin. Yeah. Foin. (laughs) (laughs) They're so cute. Yeah. Oh, and then one last little thing Mm. that I thought was so, so cute before we move on. Towards the early part of the film... We get a sequence where this is how we find out a couple of things like the best friends. And we also find out that Nick has a crush on Abby because everyone carpools in Simon's car. They go to pick up coffee. Nick knows that Abby likes milk in hers. So they've got their iced coffees and there's four of them. And then they go to school. And at the end of the film, after Simon has found Blue, they go to the same coffee shop. We get the same aerial shot of Mm. the coffees being passed from the to-go window into the car. 
car, but now there's five coffees. Oh, and they so go pick sweet. up blue too. <laughs> so cute. I was like texting, I was like, five coffees, five coffees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a lovely full circle moment. So good. So sweet. Oh, then one more thing, just in terms of being pen pals, which we didn't speak about much, but pen pals, it's very cute. They don't know each other's identity. His pseudonym is Jacques. And Simon is quickly, almost absentmindedly replying to Blue. And then at the end of the email, he says, love Jacques, and immediately panics. And we get a close up of the screen saying, message sent you can't undo it and he's stressed and he's panicked and then when blue replies at the end of the email he says love blue and Simon just takes a big sigh of relief it's it's so so cute cute. it's really sweet every single time they messaged back and forth it was so nice they are really truly so cute and then of course the name of the film Mm. at the end when he makes his grand romantic gesture writing about meet me at the ferris wheel he signs it love Simon. (laughs) This movie is so cute. So cute. Oh, I can't take it. All the fucking feels. I cannot. Too many. Okay, well, I guess we should move on to Fun Fab Fail. Yes. So, yeah, this is hard because this isn't a rom-com. I want to give this something that's like a fab, honestly. Like, this was a fab, fab, fab movie. Wonderful movie. But because this isn't a rom-com, I feel like we should give it something else yeah i agree because if you were to ask me for fabulous rom-coms i wouldn't list this no this isn't on the list yeah and so i think it needs its own special category so i want to rate it as a fulfilling movie Mm. just because it's so wholesome and all the warm fuzzies and it's just it's lovely. It's so satisfying. And yeah. If I were to give this another F, I would give it a fan flippantastic. Yeah. Definitely want to watch this again. Highly, highly recommend. Mm. Such a spectacular coming of age story. Such a lovely movie. One of the better ones out there. Yeah. Gotta say. Truly. But yeah, it's not a rom-com. No. Not in the true sense of a rom-com. And we spoke a bit off mic about why in particular it's not a rom-com. For Jazz, you said that it had a lot to do with its tone. tone. And for me, I said it's a lot to do with the fact that we don't get the perspective of both romantic leads. True. We see very little of Blue. We don't get anything really other than what he tells Simon about his personal life, about his hopes and dreams and friends and anything like that. So it doesn't feel like a true rom-com in that sense. Yeah. Combined with Jasmine's observation of tone. Like, if I were to go and break down the difference between like a Grey's Anatomy, which has plenty of humor and something like a Kimmy Schmidt, which is clearly just a straight situational comedy. Mm -hmm. The biggest difference is that even a Grey's Anatomy with its humor, the tension makes scenes feel strained. You can feel tension between characters in a different way. The stakes are life and death, but they truly are treated as life and death. The thing about a classic comedy and something that I would argue for basically all rom-coms is that by and large, the stakes are mundane. They're simple, everyday things and occurrences, Mm. but they're treated as life and death situations. And that's where the heightened comedy comes from. Which leads to the humor. Yeah. And this is an incredible movie with plenty of funny moments, but... 
the stakes are extremely high. Mm. His well-being could be at stake. His social status could be at stake. His identity is at stake. These are high, high, real, actual stakes that then they find humor around it. But really, it's more that there's like a couple of characters that act as comedic relief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a tension tone thing. And you can really feel the indie feel of it that makes it just not a Mm rom-com. Now that I was just thinking as we were talking as well, oddly enough, lighting. Yeah. Just how it's lit, how the characters are dressed. It's a lot more muted than what you get, generally speaking, in rom-coms. Yeah, more dramatic lighting, a lot less full fills. Mm -hmm. In case anyone who's been listening has truly wondered what's the difference, what constitutes a (laughs) rom-com? This is kind of all that's involved. Yeah, and the central plot of the story, while it is revolved around Simon and Blue getting to know each other and their eventual relationship culminating in like a beautiful and very satisfying romantic ending most of the story is about simon grappling with his identity and his interpersonal relationships and that's a coming of age exactly and so i would argue it plays a lot with the genre but i think also because this is what 2018 yeah at the time we didn't have all that many just straight up gay rom-coms like just a rom-com it's not got anything to do with having to come out or anything like that honestly i would argue that this movie would have been worse if they had tried to make it feel like a rom-com no this movie had to be the way it was yeah so i think that it's exactly what it needed to be 100 percent. it's just a mistake for somebody to call it a (laughs) rom-com yeah But I'm also saying that I think this movie is kind of laying the groundwork so that we could later get rom-coms that can just be a balls-to-the-walls, mad-dash rom-com. Yeah, like this movie worked. Yeah. The kiss at the end is so cute and so satisfying. Beautiful. And then, like, all of that works. So, yeah, why not have bros? Why not have Fire Island? I'm glad that this could be something to lead us in that direction. Mm Mm-hmm. That's why representation is so important. Right. We need to see. Can you imagine somebody watching this and not just being completely ooey gooey by the end? I can't. (laughs) I know that there are people out there like that, but I don't know what that would look like. I don't either. Because it was so lovely. So good. So satisfying. Anyway, that's our reading for the movie. We loved it, in case there was any doubt. Yeah. It's a lovely, lovely movie, and I highly recommend. Yeah, please do watch it if you haven't yet. It's mm. fantastic. And now I actually want to check out the spin-off series. Oh, yeah. Which you mentioned that I didn't even know existed. I think Love, Victor. Yeah, yeah. That's my understanding mm. that it's in that universe. I think you're right because I think I saw one of the actors build in that series as well when I was on the IMDb. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I'll be watching. <laughs> and so that brings us to our favorite section favorite give Give me me the the cheese please please. (laughs) (laughs) i am so excited all right i'm ready me too i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready thank you (laughs) yeah i spongebob okay let's go exactly Um. okay (laughs) (laughs) it kind of looks like a cheese anyway (gasps) okay (laughs) three two Two, one. one Pizza rolls. 
I was going to go in that direction, too. I love this. This is so funny. So good. I was like, what's not a cheese? Yes. Okay, great. (laughs) Exactly. Great. I love that we're on the same page, as per usual. Let's do it. I don't remember where we're at. Um, I'm trying to remember what came before this. Maid of Honor. Oh. I think I went second. I think I went second. (laughs) I was just going to say, I think I went second. Oh, shoot. Hmm, Now I really don't know. I don't know. Okay, tell me about these pizza rolls. Okay, yeah, let's go. So, I went with pizza rolls. Yeah. Very, very simple. Not a lot to say about it. Number one, pizza rolls are quintessentially teen. Mm. There's something about it that makes me feel like I'm at somebody's house in their parents' basement (laughs) eating way too much food and watching Adult Swim anime. So pizza rolls, very high school for me. It takes me back to a time. And then the other thing is that pizza rolls have some cheese in there. I didn't look this up, but you know how there's those cheeses that aren't actually cheese, like that fake cheese stuff? Mm -hmm. The synthetic stuff. I have to imagine that this is a cheese type product that they've put inside of the pizza rolls. Mm. Not necessarily a true cheese. I was just trying to find something like that because this isn't a rom-com. Mm. So I wanted something like adjacent to cheese. Not really a cheese. You get it. Yeah. So I get it. Of course. Those two things. That gives me my very simple, very yeah. straightforward pizza rolls. Yeah. I have never had a pizza roll. But I also didn't grow up in America and didn't have access to one. They're not good. Or didn't seek out access when I was living there. (laughs) I mean, I've seen them on TV. They're good the same way that like Velveeta mac and cheese is good. You know, like I know this is not great, Mm -hmm. but it's also still kind of satisfying. (laughs) And if you were especially to present a pizza roll to an Italian, they would just refuse to eat it. Oh, blasphemous. (laughs) Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. I got you. So my non-cheese is a glass of red wine. Love it. I contemplated going a little more in-depth and picking a varietal, but I decided, no, I'll just stick with generic red wine. Because wine and cheese go hand in hand. Yeah. It's very common to say we'll have a wine and cheese night. And I wanted something that's closely associated with cheese because there are a lot of rom-com tropes in this movie. Yeah. But... It is not a rom-com. The same way you would never mistake a glass of red wine for being a cheese, but you are very happy to find one next to a plate of cheese. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) So yeah, also not a very complicated explanation. That's great. My explanations are usually a bit longer and more in-depth, but... No, I mean, it is what it is. (laughs) We pigeonholed a coming-of-age story because we really wanted to hit Pride Month. So we hope you'll forgive us, essentially, is what we're saying, for breaking the rules a little bit. Or harass a VPN company to sponsor us. Then this will never happen again. Yeah, great. (laughs) Sorted. (laughs) Well, everybody, there you have it. That was our discussion of Love, Simon. Let us know your thoughts on the movie. Any shenanigans we may have missed or what non-cheese you think it is. <laughs> or if you find a cheese, like, that's also great. Let us know. Yeah, please tell me. I want to know what non-cheese yes. or cheese-based product you think this is. <laughs> you can follow us on Instagram at pod, where you can message us those ideas, or you can email us a more long-form explanation at pod at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time and until then you deserve a great love story bye Bye. (laughs) i'm glad that we 
did this one. Me too. And we had plenty to talk about. I was a little worried. I was a little worried after we finished it. And I was like, I love this movie, but it was not a rom-com. What are we going to do? I mean, I think everyone gets it, though. We wanted something in the theme, and it's worth it because this movie was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love this movie.